0: Hey everybody welcome back Rush Lake Fantasy Football podcast. Uh sorry I missed last week. Uh last week uh, got bogged down at work, parent teacher conferences and you know, you know how that stuff goes. It was a late Thursday and uh and pretty much just sucked the life out of me. So uh, wasn't able to really jump in on any uh, games last week was kind of a tough week for for picking games and anything like that. Anyway, it was super close games in our our fantasy uh, league, and so I don't know, it was a goofy week. Would have been tough for me anyway. Um, this week, this week I've got I'm so excited about uh, football. This week uh, I get to go to an actual like live football game. I get to go to a high school game on Saturday. Uh, afternoon uh i got tickets which is it's weird to say but like this day and age you have to have tickets prior to the game kicking off prior to you even getting there and uh, i know people who know people who were able to score me uh two big ones so super excited i get to go watch football in person like 35th consecutive year like it's just exciting. Like I, I, I know it sounds goofy and all, but man, I I am so pumped to actually sit outside and enjoy a football game. Uh, with that said, though, there's a bunch of good football coming up. Uh, the Big Ten doesn't start this week; it starts next weekend, uh, and we're I am super excited to see the Big Ten coming around. The MAC has decided to play. Uh, they're not going to allow fans, which sucks, but uh, my every Tuesday from now until Christmas, essentially, better be filled with maxion And, uh, and I, love, I love watching a good Maction game on a midweek. I know it sounds weird, but, man, give me, give me the Ohio Bobcats and the Toledo Rockets uh, any day of the week. I'm going to tune in for that stuff. Um, that being said, this weekend um, on Friday – uh, there's a good game. Uh, if you are excited about uh, uh, unique offenses and stuff like that, you need to tune in on Friday. Uh, the two-lane green wave is going to be playing. Um, I think they're catching seven points. So, I mean, if you were super, uh, I don't know, needing action, totally ride the wave and go with two-lane. Um, Houston is also playing, and uh, Houston's playing uh, BYU, and they're catching five, and that's also on Friday. So, I mean, those are good games, people. These are, like, ranked teams, and that, that'd that be fun. Um, I think uh, Notre Dame is going to cover 17 points against Louisville this weekend if you were really wanting uh, to get down on some Saturday stuff. Um, I feel good about it, and I know I'm a Notre Dame fan, and, and it feels like a homer move to pick, like, your own team like this. But, um I think I am uh, pessimistic enough about Notre Dame that in the event that I'm like, yeah, I think they can cover that number. That's a pretty unique feeling. Most of the time, I will think of every which way that Notre Dame should just suck out loud and screw up my whole weekend. But um, this one in particular, no, I kind of feel okay about it. I kind of feel pretty good. So um, Notre Dame. Uh, giving up 17. I think that'll be okay. All right. Uh, the only thing that scares me is we might have some weather this weekend and uh, some crosswinds and stuff like that. Crosswind is one of the worst things that hurts uh, points. And so you could see Notre Dame uh, maybe uh, taking a little bit of uh, air out of the ball and starting to run a little bit, which wouldn't uh, hurt my feelings at all. Uh, they ran over uh florida state last week um sorry jared and uh it was just super entertaining to watch i mean i oh man they they were just racking up uh yards big huge chunk plays pulling linemen uh they they ran a counter tray look a half a dozen times it was fantastic to watch uh with that being said um louisville Uh, Has I believe his name is Gus Satterfield. I could be wrong on that. Uh, Old coach from um, Appalachian State. Uh, He's pretty much like the quarterback run guru. Uh, I mean, he's fantastic at it, scheming up ways to get the quarterback loose and stuff like that. But uh, the Notre Dame front seven uh, on offense, dominant. But their defense and their defensive front – is fantastic against the run this year and uh and i just don't think louisville is going to run the ball on them uh they were missing some people last week due to covid uh but brian kelly came out yesterday and announced that they have zero people um zero people in quarantine uh this week so i mean they should be a full go they should be a full team for the first time in oh man a long time so uh yeah i'm excited i think it's gonna go well and i think it's gonna be fun Um, But yeah, off of Saturday uh, and into Sunday, we got a great slate of games here. Um, I got four downs for you, four big bets that you could make. Uh, I even have like a fancy one, even if you wanted to mess with them. Uh, But starting off first down, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers giving up three and a half at home against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Let me tell you why. Right now, Pittsburgh gets an insane, over 40% pressure rate on drop-back passes. 40% pressure rate. And this is from a myriad of reasons. I mean, they're they're stunting, they're twisting, but their D-line is fantastic. Uh, now, to couple that, Baker Mayfield is, uh, out of the entire league, 34 quarterbacks, qualify for a passer rating and out of all 34 baker mayfield is the 33rd worst quarterback against pressure so we're saying we're talking about a quarterback that's bad against pressure going up against the team that gets the most pressure it just makes sense to me it feels good uh I know Kareem Hunt could you know run the ball a ton of times, and I think he probably will um, there's some Baker mayfield injured ribs like news out there. people are saying he's not you know taking all the passing reps in practice and all that kind of stuff. who knows i don't want to speculate on that junk, but if uh even if they they try to run the ball more and things like that. Uh, it still plays in the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I just think them being at home. Uh, Mike Tomlin is the ultimate rah rah coach. He even came out earlier this week and I asked him about you know like how how's the vibe going to be with the Miles Garrett and what happened last year and you know all that kind of stuff, and uh, and he did the whole that's low hanging fruit. This is a big game between in-division rivals and all that kind of stuff. But the tone of his voice, you could tell. uh, Pittsburgh, they're taking this game as serious as you can. And that's huge because they don't always do that. Mike Tomlin, uh, albeit a great rah-rah coach, is a horrible let's prepare for the game we should win coach. So... Um, I think they're going to be focused, and I think it's going to be a good uh, good win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I I like them covering three and a half. Second down. uh, Second down has moved a little bit. It's changed. When I saw it earlier in the week, I saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting two and a half. Um, And that now is around one. Uh, It's kind of going back and forth. Uh, The Green Bay Packers are right now undefeated. Everybody loves Green Bay, and I totally understand, right? But who has Green Bay honestly beaten? I mean, yeah, they had a huge win against the New Orleans Saints, but I think the jury's still out on New Orleans, and whether or not they're any good. I mean, unfortunately, Drew Brees can't throw the ball, you know, uh, the, more than 15 yards right now, it feels like. I mean, poor guy, I feel terrible for him. So who have they really beaten? Right now, DVOA, and I know it's kind of early in the season, and a lot of people don't like using DVOA, um, which if you don't know what that means, man, Google it. It's an uh, acronym, and it's fancy, and it's like all like analytics and jargon and stuff. But uh, the defense, DVOA, is sort of like an overall rating for how well they've been doing. And right now, uh, the Packers are the 25th rated defense based on DVOA standards, meaning they haven't really played anybody all that great, they haven't really stopped anybody, and they're just meh. Now, Tampa Bay is getting Chris Godwin back. And that's going to be huge because now they have a legit receiving core. I mean, they have two fantastic receivers out there. And let's face it, Green Bay doesn't have the secondary pieces to be able to cover both, not in the way that they want to. And so I honestly feel like uh, the Tom- Tampa, Bray, uh, Tampa Bay is going to be able to chuck the ball down there. I mean, he's going to score. I mean, they're going to throw the ball around much better than what they did against the Bears, which, and I know, everybody saw the Bears beat the Bucks on Thursday, and they were like, dude, Buccaneers suck, man. They lost to the Bears. Well, it was one of those classic games where, like, they won everything but the scoreboard. They outgained the Bears, they had yards per play. I mean, like you name it. They 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 should have won the game. But the Bears, being the Bears, they won. And so I feel like this line is somewhat of a reflection of people being disappointed from last Thursday and people just being really high on a Green Bay team that hasn't lost yet. So another main point. Uh the 72, I think, Dolphins celebrate every year whenever all of the uh, regular season teams lose So, because they're the only undefeated football team ever in NFL history. It's supremely difficult. Of all the years that we've had over 50 years of NFL football, we've only ever had one team go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. And so, I mean, like... Do we really think Green Bay is going to win every single year? I mean, like these these old dolphin guys. I mean, they're old. They're, there's not so many of them partying anymore. I mean, they're they're taking their their champagne toasts and their IV bags these days. I mean, like they're just it's it's impossible to think in my in my eyes right now that the Green Bay Packers are that team that's going to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. Like I just don't see it. I didn't think they were very good at the beginning of the year and power readings wise I know I've I've adjusted them quite a bit but I don't have Green Bay better than Tampa Bay I just don't and so with that being said uh I think if you can get points with Tampa Bay uh you're solid now one thing that does hurt uh I think his name is Vitaveya or something Vit Vitavia. the massive D tackle for uh Tampa Bay uh is out uh, dude broke his ankle or ruptured an Achilles or something gross in the lower leg uh, last week against the Bears, and uh, that hurts a ton. Now, they have a legit defense. They're good, but it's kind of unique to see what a person that forces teams to double team him does to a defense. I mean, we've seen it a ton of times where all of a sudden now Ed rushers. Uh, You don't have one-on-one matchups, and you have to scheme blitzes in order to make things happen, and it's not good. So I'm a little concerned with that, but not so much so that I'd stay away from this. So Tampa Bay, uh, get any points that you can. Third down. Third down, not so fun. I've already taken one favorite, but this one, huge favorite. We're going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, They're giving up 75 To the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I have power rated this game and it's pretty close to seven and a half. But right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are absolutely terrible. Terrible. They are so bad. They are so bad in the secondary that I just I don't see them being able to keep pace with a Baltimore team that for whatever reason. Well, I know the reason. They have a good coach and they don't play down to teams. You very rarely see Baltimore go into a game that they should win by a lot and struggle for a little bit. I mean it just doesn't happen. They they sort of take care of their business. Game's usually over in the third quarter and everybody's happy. Now I will say because of that, everybody can be a little concerned. I mean seven and a half is a pretty big chunk delay. And maybe if you wanted to, you could wait, you know, a little closer to game time. Maybe you could see a hit right on seven. I don't think it's ever going to go under that. But, um, you know, maybe you can get it to where you might just push, you know. But um, I just kind of feel like the Philadelphia Eagles are doing everything they can to kind of like save their season right now. And, And I don't know if they have any of the pieces healthy enough yet to really save it. Uh, Also, they're not really in the do-or-die situation yet. I mean, let's face it, the NFC Least is the worst division maybe ever. I mean, Washington football team, I think, is still in first place, and they don't even have a quarterback. So um, I feel like Philadelphia isn't going to be all in on this game. I think they've realized where they're at with it. And I feel like this is kind of one of those kind of games where Baltimore could score quite a few early on and then both teams would just be like, all right, let's just get this over with. At least that's the impression I have. Uh, fourth down, last game I've got for you here. I got a couple suggestions beyond this, but this is my, my yep, I'm picking this and I feel terrible about it, not going to lie. I have zero confidence in this whatsoever, but every time... I went through the entire slate. This is the game that I kept coming back to. And it's the Chicago Bears getting three points or maybe two and a half uh, traveling to Carolina to play the Panthers. Now, why do I like this? One, I think Chicago's better than Carolina. And I don't think it's just, like, kind of better. Like, I think they're genuinely better than Carolina. Carolina, I had them rated as one of the worst teams uh, in the league Their defense alone is incredibly young. They spent a ton of draft picks this last uh, offseason on defense, so super young. Their number one offensive weapon is still hurt. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, the backup Davis is doing fantastic. uh, And a lot of people are even starting to make suggestions that the Panther offense is better having McCaffrey out because now you know they're forcing the ball down the field a lot more instead of just immediately checking it down to him uh he doesn't command as many touches and so they're spreading the ball out more and I mean like I won't lie I mean that that has a lot to do with uh the success Teddy Bridgewater um career-wise is fantastic against a spread I mean he's a great quarterback surprisingly still yet uh, even after all the injuries and you know uh, travel and moves and stuff like that like he's he's good but their defense isn't good and specifically their defense isn't good against the run which is supposedly what the bears want to do also a lot of their defense especially the young guys the, the there's only one deep so uh, the dinged up sort of mid season injury things are already creeping in. I, I heard that like gross Matos, the the d n for them is uh, questionable and potentially even doubtful for the game so if you start picking away some of these defenders, it makes it easier for the bears to you know run their offense. I think Naggy and company are a lot more focused because that that pressure is mounting i mean people were I was disgusted by their offensive output last week. and thought it was terrible. It looked like crap again. They won't throw the ball down the field. Everything looks very safe and shitty. And uh, I feel like this is one of those games where they had the extra rest now. They had a Thursday game, you know, so they got a couple more days to kind of prepare for. Um, they They are going against a very young defense, and they're going against an offense that for the most part, doesn't have their main weapons, I feel good about it. I think the Bears can cover this number. I think the Bears are probably going to win, which sounds crazy (laughs) to think that. But, hey, the Bears are pretty good, actually. And one more thing. Um, The Chicago Bears' defense is for real. And I know everybody's like, oh, well, it's not as good as what it was. Turnovers are mainly luck. You can't really, like, give a determination to what turnover is forced and what turnover isn't. I mean, like, we just don't keep those stats, and it's not a thing. I know they all like to say forced turnover, but, I mean, you hit a guy one, you know, play, and you hit him high, you hit him low, you know what I mean, like, where you hit him, uh, how you hit him, the force, the the angle at which you hit him, like, that's all bullshit, man. Like, they, there's no determination on whether or not that play specifically was uh, intended to jar the ball loose. For the most part, every play is intended to jar the ball loose. They're always trying to get the ball back. That's the intention of defense. So I think... The Bears just haven't had that sort of luck that they did that one faithful season where, like, everything seemed to work out for them. Uh, I think it's coming. And I really feel like uh, the way that they're playing here lately, um, it's coming sooner rather than later. This is a top-five defense in the league. TVOA says they're a top-five defense in the league. And uh, I think they can kind of ride that uh, while the offense sort of finds itself – hopefully finds itself so i like both of those games now here's the fancy fun thing that you can do uh i was talking to a friend uh oh uh, l train in chicago was looking at uh, some games he was wanting to try to figure out you know hey can can we make some of these bets a little safer you know I, I, nobody feels good about betting the bears nobody feels good about laying a bunch of points so this is what you can do and this is the one that i like the most in doing this uh you can Do a little teaser play. Uh, Teasers are great when you can pass both the seven and the three. That's like the big thing. You got to pass both numbers because those are key numbers. A lot of games end at seven. A lot of games end at three. Uh, Crazy enough here lately uh, with teams attempting to go for two a lot more. uh, Say you're down 14. uh, It's late in the fourth quarter. Uh, analytics say that when you score the first one a lot back in the day everybody just kicked field goal you'd be down by seven but in doing so it forces you to score another touchdown and kick the extra point and so what a lot of people are doing now is you score that first touchdown you go for two now you're down by six now you're down by two field goals which drastically alters the way you uh sort of you know game plan and manage the next you know, however much longer you have in the game. Also, if you don't get it, you're still down by one score. So you're still down by eight. And uh, crazy enough, the two point conversion rate really isn't that far off of the kicking a field goal, you know, for your extra point. So it's not a terrible idea. The only thing I don't like about it, and this is, this is, uh, what is this called? This is bit of game theory, I guess. Um, If a team is up by seven, as opposed to a team being up by six, their offensive game plan and their offensive playing calls will be considerably different. A lot of teams. I mean, oh my gosh, look at the Detroit lions. This is a perfect example. Watch them in the second half with a lead. I mean, it's the epitome of please don't screw this up and we're going to run this ball out we're going to run the clock out you know no you're not i mean these are nfl caliber defenses these are great teams you can't just run the ball out run the clock out anymore you just can't you can't do it it's it's difficult uh in college yes yes you can and there's even um it's a rush rate uh based on expectancy so they they measure this now uh you know your rundowns when it is a rundown or when a run is most likely expected can you run the ball when everybody expects you to run it um it's a bill Connolly um sbc bill Uh, I, i don't know if you follow him on twitter but he he does some of that and you can find uh the rush rate and uh expectancy uh stat on there and and that's a huge tool for you know handicapping college football because uh for instance uh this upcoming weekend notre dame has a great one (laughs) they're going to be able to run the ball and everybody thinks they're going to run it and right now that's looking good so if they do have a lead late in the game they have been able to run the clock out now nfl that's not necessarily a thing i mean people can load the box and stuff like that for you to throw it if you alter your game plan that has worked into something that doesn't i mean it just doesn't make sense and so sometimes i feel like these teams that you know they get the two point conversion they're down by six well six isn't seven and the team that would then be trying to pamper the lead might not be so inclined to try to sit on it you know they they could easily look at it and say, you know hey we 're only up by six. It, this is scary. we need to score, and it drastically changes their offensive game plan so uh, this is something that uh, my dad and I had an awesome like two hour conversation over i mean this is stuff that this is like new school football versus old school football the the analytic people versus you know uh, the the uh, you know the clipboard guys i mean like it, it's it's really fun to kind of debate this in-game scenario uh, thing. Anywho, sorry, I lost went on stupid tangent on that one. But uh, granted, if you're going to tease a game and you can tease it through 3 and 7, that's ideal. If nowadays you can tease it through 3, 7, and maybe even 8, that's way better. And you have a ton of games this week where, if you wanted to, you could, you could tease the number through two. Like, you can tease it through three and through seven. Uh, the two that I like the most, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you've got to take the Bears on a teaser, tease that three up to ten, and then take Baltimore and tease that seven and a half down to a half. Now Baltimore just has to beat Philadelphia, and the Bears have to uh, – just not get beat by 10 and i feel pretty good that that both teams could make that happen and uh yeah that's that's the that's my teaser play of the week if you want to you were so inclined to try to make this feel a little bit better now remember when you do play a teaser both games have to hit in order for you to win that so uh so you know you could still get to midway on sunday and still be cussing the bears um other games to think of and i mean i just say to think of you don't have to but Indianapolis is giving eight at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. I suggest this only because uh the rush rate for Indianapolis is fantastic. They're running the ball, their offensive line is great. The Bengals have a terrible defense. Uh there's a there's a good reason to suggest that these guys could just absolutely pummel um Cincinnati. Uh Cincinnati the only thing that I the only reason why I didn't put this in the four downs is uh backdoor Joe Burrow doesn't stop. Like he just won't quit. He just won't he just won't be cool with losing by, you know, twenty five or whatever. Like like he just doesn't stop. It's really an admirable thing. If anybody's ever, you know, unfortunately watched a Cincinnati game. I mean like dude, we're we're talking like running two minute drills in the fourth quarter just because you know i mean this is what this is what you do he wants to win he's a competitive guy and like i said it's admirable but it kind of sucks if you have eight because that's a big number against a team that's not going to stop uh the other one i thought of and i didn't put it in there um detroit is laying three and a half this week against jacksonville uh at the beginning of the year i had jacksonville uh power rated as my worst team um their season win total, I believe, was like something around like four and a half or something. It was very few. Uh, I thought that Jacksonville, just even based on like their their front office decisions and stuff like that, I had that vibe that they were cool with losing. I mean, this they're they're going for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that it's that that sort of franchise quarterback. He's going to be fantastic. So. Then they came out and started like winning a bunch of games and Minshew mania was a thing, but here's the thing. They still kind of suck. I mean, if you watch them play uh, the dolphins the other night, that was, that was not good. That was not a good game. And and here lately, you you kind of starting to see it more and more where uh, the, the shine is starting to wear off and they're starting to regress back to the team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Um, now, That being said, Detroit's no peach. I thought Detroit was going to be way better than what they have been so far this year. They've been extremely disappointing already. Um, A lot of it is injuries. I know their entire secondary for like the first three weeks of the season just was riddled with injuries. But they're coming off a bye. A lot of these people are going to get time to rest up and heal up, which is huge. And... Let's face it, you, you get that extra time to prepare. You get a whole other week to prepare. And if there was a team that needed a week off to prepare this early in the year, it's the Lions. The other team that had a bye is the Packers. You know, when you don't want a bye, it's when you're on a roll and you're undefeated. Terrible timing for them. Great timing for uh, Detroit. And let's face it, Matt Patrice is going to get fired if he doesn't start winning some games. This is 100% a game that Detroit should win. I mean like 100%. They should win. And so if you don't come off of a bye and be a knowingly bad team convincingly at home, I mean this dude he'll be he'll be the next one gone. He'll be our third head coach fired. Uh, I I feel almost as confident in that as I do my four downs that we're playing this week. So hopefully if you if you're feeling it and uh you're bored or whatever and you you want to put a little bit of money on there, you know, make it make it a time, um we're doing pretty good this year. I should have a running total as far as like how how good we've been doing. But uh yeah. Yeah, I don't have one. So I don't know. Maybe I'll work on that one day. But um Yeah, I don't think we're doing bad. I don't think we've had any weeks where we've had, like, a real uh, stinker. So, yeah, I feel like you should keep it rolling. I mean, why not? I am. Remember, you win with the pod, you lose with the pod. Now let's look at our fantasy football games for this week. Remember, we got your fantasy football trends tracker. They are projecting your final standings pretty much every week. Uh, Most of the time it doesn't change. I I think this thing sucks now that we've been messing with it. But I don't know. I've done it every week now, so I don't want to stop. Um, They've got Gray Fox still in first place. They have the Van Buren boys all the way up at second. Pandeville Pork Swords, uh, I think, lost just a heartbreaker last week. And uh, they're in third. Uh, Fourth rounding out uh, would be... Uh, Team Ramrod. Team Ramrod is kind of scrambling for a quarterback. I do believe they picked up the young guy for the Chargers, though, uh, this week. So that should help a little bit. Old Dan is creeping in fifth. And the Backwoods Bastards holding on to the last uh, playoff spot in sixth. Now, this is projected. um, But right now, I mean, let's face it, the best team in our league it's Gray Fox. He's 5-0 and still yet. He's scored 835 points. Uh, he's doing fantastic. I mean, he's uh, he's made, though. I mean, I will say he's made almost the most moves of any team out there. He's made 14 moves already this year. He's constantly on that waiver wire, you know, tweaking and adding and things like that. Uh, Second-best team, we got uh, at 4-1, and one, Van Buren Boys. Van Buren boys also doing good scoring over 800 points. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're making it happen. I will say it's that top tier of teams. Gray Fox, Van Buren boys definitely in that top tier. I want to say Team Dan is still creeping and holding on to that top tier. But a team that right now is 2-3. and three. And this is going to seem weird, but they're 2-3 and three and 4th in their division. Pandaville Pork Swords are going to make a push. They're going to make a push because looking at the waiver, waiver wire, they just added Alexander Madison. Uh, he's a running back from Minnesota. Minnesota's number one guy, Dalvin Cook, has a groin strain. And I believe they have two weeks before they hit the bye. And Alexander Madison is the guy. He's going to get all those carries. He was already kind of getting supplemental carries uh, as is. Uh, He was one of the biggest ads of the week, and, uh, yeah, they jumped all over that. Uh, I did find it unique. Team Dunhiesel jumped all over uh, Chase Claypool. That's the Notre Dame wide receiver, played for Pittsburgh, had the huge day. Last week, four touchdowns scored by a Pittsburgh wide receiver rookie. Sets a franchise record. Um, It was awesome. We were watching here at the house. It's fantastic. Uh, And then Team Ramrod uh, drops Chandler Jones, who uh, is done for the year with a bicep injury. Pretty much Arizona's only pass rush, which sucks for people who are backing Arizona this year like me. And uh, he's going to pick up Justin Herbert. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers quarterback. And I have to say, that guy is playing so much better than I thought he would. Uh, I kind of thought he sucked coming out of college, and I didn't think he was going to do very well, to be honest. But, hey, who knows, man? Doesn't look that bad. Um, And, yeah, going into uh, this week, before we jump super into this week, I mean, take a quick peek at last week and how close some of these games were. I mean, yours truly, lost by half a point to fleming battle harden 109 109 now i know that's not a lot of points scored but eh, dude we're struggling but uh lost by half a point We also had uh, the Van Buren boys absolutely smashed Team Dan, scored 151, 150 to 129. Gray Fox just ekes out a win over the Pandeville Pork Swords, 158 to 155. I mean, like, there's some good games last week, some genuinely exciting stuff, um, and I I don't know. I I feel like everything's going great. Now, one thing to – point out and one thing I thought was kind of fun the top performer for old team Ramrod was Justin Herbert his newly acquired uh quarterback scored 36 fantasy points. Now, I bring this up because uh for the most part he hasn't had too many like you know big decisions. He was really riding with Cam Newton and that was it but when uh Cam came down with the covid I mean I don't know was, I thought it was kind of screwed. But uh, the rookie guy jumped in there for him and is doing fantastic. Now, old oh, Team Ranrod's got some decisions to make. And as of right now, Team Ranrod is playing his full-on arch rival, his nemesis, the most hated team game, whatever you want to call this, uh, just sexual tension, whatever, that you've ever seen. Team Dan. Team Aaron head-to-head this week unfortunately uh team name is uh looking at a 108 projected total now i will say he might not even have the roster totally filled up so i don't know um team ramrod uh who knows if he's gonna go with cam i heard cam newton is going to be playing again uh there's some weird covid rule stuff uh which i even tried to like search for you guys and find but man, it's kind of it's it's super sketchy. Like I read a thing where uh, because Cam Newton tested positive, he only had to wait ten days after testing positive before he could come back to play football. But like all these dudes are getting tested like on a daily basis. So does that mean Cam doesn't have to test negative in order to come back because he waited his ten days? Like. I don't know. And I couldn't find anything to suggest not. And right now, if you look at the injury report, he's just questionable. Like, like the, he's he's in the same realm as, uh, you know, I th- moved funny while making waffles this morning and my back is sore. Questionable. Or, you know, like, took a deuce the other day, kind of pushed hard. Abdomen strain. Questionable. Like, He's in the same realm as those guys. So, I mean, he could conceivably be allowed to play in a game where he might kind of still have COVID-19. So, I mean, like, wow, man, I don't know. So, anyhow, uh, I wouldn't play him. But uh, old Team Ramrod, 122-108 uh, to 108 projected winner. Uh, we got another game. We uh, battle Harden against Van Buren Boys. Battle Harden looking at one fourteen. Van Buren Boys one twenty seven and a half. So th- those are those are some uh, unique scores in division uh, games. The Eastside Pandal Cartel is looking to get smashed by the Pandaville Pork Swords. We're looking at one thirteen to one forty four. Uh, the Backwoods Bastards are looking at a 125 to 153 loss potentially to Gray Fox. And then another huge game this week. 0 uh, 5, perennial losers projecting a 83 points, are going up against 0 5, Team Dunhiesel, uh with a 115 point total. Um, both those teams are terrible. But I will say, Team Dunhiesel has been super close to pulling off an upset quite a few times. And so it would be kind of fun to see somebody. Somebody has to win. It's, you have to. <laughs> uh, you could tie. And if that happens, um, you're both done for the year. I'll just cancel all of this shit. So, um, hopefully, uh, you guys get your lineups uh, in order uh hopefully you don't have too many people injured and hopefully you're still having a good time with this you're still giving us a listen and uh i I, uh can't wait to talk to you again so take it easy